You're listening to season two of Kids Cue the Music, a podcast where we talk to musicians, composers, performers, and kids. Kids like you. We're asking the questions you've always wondered but never had the chance to ask. And we'll listen to music to see what makes it so interesting and fun and sometimes strange. Because music is for you. I am your co-host, Arlene. And I am your co-host, Rebecca Lane, Sarah's mom and director and owner of the Lane School of Music. Let's Let's cue the music. Music. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Welcome to another episode of Kids to the Music. Why did you like <laughs> it was capitalized for some reason? Mm-hmm. Who are you? I am your co-host, and I am your other co-host, Rebecca Lee. Today we are meeting with two musicians who have designed a special kind of concert called Pocket Concerts, which I have a pretty good idea of what they are. Where music, storytelling, and conversation come together in what I think a pocket concert is. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. in your pocket. You take a concert yes. and you miniaturize it and then you put it in your pocket and it's just playing in your pocket and it's amazing. Well, but it's a little muffled. We're going to find out exactly I what a pocket concert is. You just record a concert and put it and put your phone in the pocket. I mean, it's like basically in your pocket. Welcome, Rory and Emily. Thank you. Thank you, Zara and Rebecca. Thank you so much for being here. Can you start us off by telling us a little bit about yourself and what instruments you play? So my name is Emily and I am a pianist. I am one of the co-directors of Pocket Concerts, where we, Zara, you guessed it right, we present intimate concerts that fits into your pockets. (laughs) Very well further away. That makes perfect sense because it wouldn't, if it was just a concert, there would be no need to call it a pocket concert unless the concerts were about pockets, which they are not. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So my name's Rory, and I play the viola. I, I started out on the violin, and then I switched to the viola. And I'm the other co-director of Pocket Concerts. I'm also studying something called inclusive design at the moment at OCAD University. And Emily's doing a master's degree as well. Rory is studying inclusive design, and I am studying strategic foresight and innovation at OCAD University. Zara, did you know your mom and we, Rory and me, went to the Glenwood School together way back then? You never told me anything about that. Better sometimes if I don't tell you any. Well, you keep it secrets for me. Yeah, and then you discover it while we're recording. Secrets. Yes, we went to school together. That was many years ago, and it's really nice to catch up with you. And it's been really nice, actually, to follow what you've been doing and to see all of the awesome things that both of you have been doing. So can you tell us a little bit about what Pocket Concerts are or is? Okay, I'm going to take this one. It is, unfortunately, we have not managed to... design concerts that actually fit in your pocket. Although I was reminded when you said that of this place called Little Canada. Have you been to Little Canada yet? It's really fun for especially especially for kids who are interested in model building or if you're into... I love model building. Lego is like the best model building thing. So Little Canada, Little Canada, what they've done is they've miniaturized versions of cities from across Canada and they move, they have like moving cars and trains and they have these amazing scenes from in these cities. And in one of them, in one of the scenes, which we actually went to see, 
they actually have a little pocket concert. They don't call it a pocket concert. But they have a little concert going on in somebody's backyard. There's like a pianist and a double bassist and they're playing music and people are just gathered around having a good time. So that is actually basically what a pocket concert is. What, what we do is we present small scale concerts in alternative venues. So things that are not concert halls and churches and places where you would normally go to hear a concert, but places like living rooms, cafes, hair salon. We did one at a bank. And recently we've been doing them in backyards and on people's porches. Yeah, I kind of know now what a pocket concert is. What were the cities in little, what were the little Canada things built out of like bricks or? Yeah. So it was a lot of 3D printing built like handcrafted houses from 3D printed materials. And when you go there, you can actually see people, see these designers and builders making one tree at a time all day and you can ask questions and ask about their process and it's fascinating it's so cool i want to go there that does sound fun well where is it like where is the i'm not sure we can look it up after we're done recording and we can put the link in the show notes so that you can all learn more about little canada that sounds really cool but since we're here to talk about pocket concerts let's go back to that so what do you ask this one you explain what our concert series is it's a series of concerts i'm guessing it is so a concert series usually is an organization or a company or it could be one person or they could partner with, uh, with somebody else so it could be anything but their goal is to provide some form of music concert events so that people can come together and enjoy these concert experiences together and a series is usually ongoing right so it's uh, it's planned out over a long period of time it's probably the difference between just a concert and a concert series you are both musicians but you are also concert presenters can you tell us what that means and what you need to do to make a concert happen like probably you need to get a bunch of musicians this is my guess and make sure they can all come in the same time yeah. And you need to practice hard. That's a big part of it. Yeah. So, yes, you're right. So we're both musicians, chart musicians, chart presenters. We practiced many, many, many hours while we were students at music school. So I, I was pianist. And then since then, we've learned to present these concerts because we wanted to share our music with other people. So that's how we learned to be concert presenters at the same time. And that from that experience, we learned to program pieces that's um, going to be really fun to play for the musicians, but also really fun for the listeners to listen to and experience. So things like that we learn by doing as concert presenters. Emily makes it sound really easy, but it's actually, it's actually, there's a lot of work. So if you want to, you know, develop respect for concert presenters, all you have to do is decide one month from today, you're going to do a concert and you're going to fill a space with people who have paid money to be there. And then you see what it takes to make that happen. Zara, what do you think it would take to make that happen? If you decided a lot of work, what would you need to do in order to fill, let's say, even the group room at the music school with people to hear a recital of you playing? What would you need to do in order to make that happen? 
You need to practice. You would need to practice. How would the people learn about the concert and know to go? I'm not sure. Oh, okay. Well, you need to make a, maybe, I don't know, make a blog about it or make a, um, or like, I don't know, try to get somebody to publish it on the newspaper. I don't know. Okay. Those are two very good forms of marketing. You're right. So one of the things you have to do is to market the concert. If you're not playing by yourself and you're playing with other people, you need to hire these other musicians so you have someone to play with. And because Emily said the word hire, we should talk about the fact that you have to pay those musicians. And in order to do that, you have to come up with a business plan. We are also a business owner and you need to think about how you're going to bring enough money in to pay the musicians and cover your expenses. So you get to do fun things like tax reporting and balancing budget, <laughs> which I think maybe uh, sure. Rebecca is Be familiar going. with, very familiar with. I have never, ever, ever, ever done anything, including to insurance stuff like that. I mean, I hear, I hear commercials about it all the time. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's true. And, this, and this insurance company will make your life better. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like like idea. When you do all of these just yourself or with your partner, you learn to do so many different things all at once. So it's really amazing and to keep small learning experience. Yeah, I mean, we've learned how to design a website. We've learned how to do some graphic design work. We've learned a lot about communication, about how to communicate with hosts, our partners, and also with artists. And of course, we have to organize rehearsals and advertise things on social media as well. There's a lot. There's a lot that goes into it. There is a lot that goes into it. That, and probably a lot more than I understand because I've never presented concerts before. If you have. Mm, just student recitals. It's very different. Well, it's almost the same. It's, I mean, you've, you've gone to concerts before, so you know a lot about a concert. Well, I mean, like if you still went to those concerts that you used to go to, remember you used to play in a concert? I've played in many concerts, but yeah, you, you could just go up and say, how do you organize this concert? And then you could start doing it. Or I could just ask Rory and Emily. Yeah, because they're right here. Uh-huh. You went to a concert as well. Why don't you read this question? I did not go to a concert. Yes, you did. Really? Mm-hmm. I went to see a Toronto Symphony play at Roy Thompson Hall. It was a, a really big space with lots of people in a big orchestra. How is a pocket concert different from a concert with a big orchestra? Sure. Probably the biggest thing is that the musicians and the audience are not really separated in any way. We share the same space. So instead of having a big stage and having the audience really far away, we have one room and everybody's on the same level. So that allows musicians and the audience to actually talk to each other and have some spontaneous interactions, and it creates a more intimate environment. And also, we usually have a party at the end of the concert, reception after after the music. A party? Yeah, yeah. The, the concert turns into a party after the performance. Because, like, I mean, you could just schedule a party and have musicians playing. That's basically just a concert with food and yeah. stuff. Yeah, but I think the difference is that the the focus of the event is on the music at a pocket concert rather than it being a party and just having some music going on. And we start with the concert, then we have the party. Yeah, and when it's uh, actually a concert rather than what happens to have some music in it, for the concerts, we work really hard to prepare, rehearse really hard to make sure everybody's having a great time at the concert and the party afterwards. How are pocket concerts better for kids? 
So we actually, that reminds me, that question reminds me, we actually did a concert specifically designed for kids a few years ago. I think it was for a family day concert. And we prepared, our musicians prepared this long work. It was like about 45 minutes total called Goldberg Variations. And we played this for a small group of children who were between the ages of four and seven. And their parents, they were right in front of us, right in front of the musicians, just like completely absorbed in every little movement and the sound that was coming out of the musicians. So it was actually an amazing experience connecting with the kids audience. So I think pocket concerts are great way for kids to experience music. Also, the fact that they're shorter is a really nice feature. So there's usually about 45 minutes of actual music in the pocket concert and the whole performance takes about an hour and there's no intermission or anything like that. It's just... And probably the best thing about it is that you get to eat during it. Yeah, sometimes you get to eat during... Yeah, because at at real concert halls, at real concerts, you're not allowed to eat. That's true. And you can ask questions to the musicians at the end. So if if you're wondering, you know, how something works during the concert, you can put your hand up at the end and ask a question. I think that's one of the coolest features. Of I, mean, I, I mean, I mean, I've gone to a famous high school, like where they do plays and I think they do questions at the end. I've never raised my hand for it, but I mean, like, cause, it, cause you go like, e, and you're like, and you're like, okay, you in the back there was a green shirt. And <laughs> so imagine you were in a room that was smaller and the musicians were closer to you. Would you feel more comfortable asking your questions? Yes. Yeah. So that's kind of what pocket concerts can do. Yeah, we always hire friendly musicians. Yeah, that's a very, very important thing for us. Yeah. Rocket's audience member we've ever had was the little baby slash toddler. He was like three years old. Yeah. yeah. He, he was his parents, obviously. And he was bright. I remember you posting about that. It sounded like an amazing experience for everyone. Yeah, he was so quiet and interested in what was going on. It was amazing. He sat on this one awesome. the whole time. I heard that during the pandemic, which means like kids might not know that word. The pandemic, when we say pandemic, we mean the COVID-19 pandemic. I heard that during the pandemic, you've been doing porch concerts. Tell us a bit about where they are. Like, I'm guessing people have like huge, huge, huge porches or something. I don't know. How do you do it on a porch if it's a porch? Because our porch is super small. Most porches porches are. Toronto are normally not huge, right? So we played on small porches, bigger porches out of Toronto. But the point is, we during the pandemic, we couldn't play inside people's houses because of the pandemic. So instead, we decided to play on people's porches and the audience would go on the front lawn or sometimes people would sit on the sidewalk and just like we'd be intimate gathering of family and few friends from the same block or something like that. And it was like a really great way to connect with your family and neighbors in a safe way with live music. It was magical. Yeah. Since the most normal concerts were canceled during the pandemic, porch concerts been really important to you? Have they been important to the musicians in the audience? One of the things that we've all learned during this pandemic is just how powerful music can be in people's lives. And I've seen it happen several times where as soon as the music begins, people start crying. 
because they, they don't realize how much they've missed it until the first notes are played. And I can tell you from my perspective as a musician that I feel a special sense of connection with people nowadays whenever I'm playing music for them, because it feels like a gift to be able to do that, right? To be able to communicate in that way to another person. And since we couldn't do it for so long, it's even more precious Yeah. now. Yeah. yeah. And I think music touches a part of people that, that sometimes gets neglected, you know? It goes right to your heart. It goes right to your whole mind and your whole being and, and sort of lights people up in a way that other things don't. Yeah. I would like to think like music has the ability to touch people where words can't. Yes. Actually, I, I, I'm sure you've seen this because it circulates every couple of years that post that goes around on Facebook about someone's inaugural or speech to the commencing class of some university or something. And he talks, the person who wrote the speech and who gave the speech talks about how music helps line up the things inside you and put your feelings in order when you can't do it with words and nothing else can do it. And it's kind of like how a doctor fixes your physical body or can help heal your physical body. Musicians can help heal the feelings in you. You know the next question. Okay. Yes. What is it? Do you want to play a game of opera or cheese? That's probably really loud. That was really loud. <laughs> opera or cheese? 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 I am ready, and I, I don't think Emily knows what this game involves at all. I can explain. Yeah, behind the scenes, totally honest here, behind the scenes, I was panicking about this question, offer or cheese. I don't know this game. <laughs> Do you know Pastor or Composer? Yes. Uh, well, it's basically the same thing, but you have to guess if it's an opera or a cheese. Same I am thing, ready. Different I am ready I'm, for a game of opera or cheese. I'm totally embarrassed myself. <laughs> I remember the first episode of the second season and you, and you told that you said that we were saying that we were doing up our cheese. And I was like, wait, what? I like the passing composer sounds better. Yeah. But now we're into season two and and composer does not sound right anymore. It's true. We're into opera cheese. Okay. What about the third season? I don't know. We'll have to figure out another game when we get there. Okay. Are you ready? Wait, the, the play clock or talk. The part of it is that I always find embarrassing because I, I don't really know the answers either. And especially for words that are in different languages, I really don't know how to pronounce them. And if I've never heard of it, which is sort of the point that none of us have heard of them, I, I don't know how to say them in different languages. And sometimes I'm embarrassed because it is an opera that I should know and I don't even know how to say yeah. it. So don't worry. We're all in Prepare the same boat. I will know more of these answers than I would now if I was playing. Yeah. Okay, the first one is Adelost. Adelost, I think that in opera. A-D-E-L-O-S-T. I think Maybe cheese. it's French, maybe it's Adelo. What's that? I think it's a cheese. You think it's a cheese? When we say opera, is that like an opera title? Title of opera. Yes. Yeah. I'm going to guess cheese. You're, guess- you're both guessing cheese. And Zara, what was your answer? Opera, okay. It is actually a cheese. Oh, he's wrong. Okay, next one is called 
I'm probably saying it wrong. It's S-E-M-E-L-E. Actually, well, I'm not, I'm not going first. I'm not going first because I went first last time. And I always... Yeah, but it's not really fair because the girl that people know a little bit more. Because I always get it wrong. Okay, come closer. <laughs> what do you think, I, Emily or Rory? Opera. I, yeah, I think it's an opera. And if it were... Yeah, and it's re- it's actually pronounced semolin. I'm actually going to semolin. See, yeah, I don't well, know. Yeah, no, it's pronounced semolin, but it's definitely an opera. I mean, do you know that it's pronounced that way? It's probably an Yeah, opera. but I, I'm going to call it smelly from now on. It is indeed an opera, as you have correctly. Well, you didn't guess, you knew. And I'm trying to pick obscure ones, but that one, I mean, is by Handel. So it's lots of people have probably heard of it. And I just haven't because I don't play operas ever. I but Rory, you play in the Canadian Opera Company. Is that correct? Yes, which is I feel I'll like, be very embarrassed when I get them wrong. <laughs> I feel like you have an edge over us. But anyway, Emily, you seem to know it too. I I, I don't know my opera. I don't know any of these. Okay. The last one is Katia. C-O-T-I-J-A. Katia, Katia. Do you want to say it together? We'll count that okay. together. After one. Yes. One and then one. Okay. Yeah. Three, two, one. Cheese. Cheese. Of course, it gets It's a cheese. Yay! You are really good at this game. That was impressive. Oh. Very well done. Cheese. Opera. Opera. Cheese. Opera. Or cheese. Thank you so much for being with us here today, Rory and Emily. How can people listening learn more about pocket concerts and porch concerts? And we didn't even get into mind music. But mind music. Yeah, well, what that's a diff- probably a different podcast. And music in your mind. I shouldn't have music even said that. Or your mind. Ah. So how can we learn more about all so of these things? You, you had your mind. You had music. Is that what it is? <laughs> the original. Which right in front of your eye. Of your mind, I meant. How can people learn more about you? Probably the first place you should go is to our website, which is pocketconcerts.ca. And you can find links there to all of our social media channels. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and... Facebook. Facebook. If you... On Twitter and Instagram, it's just at Pocket Concerts. Facebook, it's... If you just type Pocket Concerts in the search, you'll probably find us. Anything else? We're not on TikTok yet. I actually know what all those things are. Amazing. Well, yeah, I don't really know a whole lot of things about some things, but I know what TikTok is and I know what Facebook is. So hopefully kids listening will know some of what that is. And if they want to learn more about pocket concerts, that's where they can find you. And do you book concerts in Toronto exclusively or do you do anything outside of Toronto? No, we do Toronto and outside regions as well. Online concerts from anywhere. Of course. Yeah. So, like, recently we started doing concerts in collaboration with Google for Google employees. So, the Google employees, we, we do concerts and the musicians broadcast from their homes and Google employees all, all over the world can tune in and listen. Rory and Emily of Pocket Concerts, everyone. And you can check out the links in the show notes to learn more. That concludes another episode of Kids to the Music. And we will see you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to Kids to the Music. If you've enjoyed this episode, leave us a review. Your reviews help more people like you find our podcast. Don't forget to follow us on iTunes and follow us on social media at Lane School of Music. 
I'm Zara Lane. And I'm Rebecca Lane. See you next time on Kids Cue the Music. music.